Welcome to Are You Busy? And if you think you're too busy, then join the party. And at my party, we like to talk about sports, entertainment, and business. All right, this week uh, we have Super Bowl 56 is upon us. The, uh, wow, I can't believe I'm saying that. That's, that's you know, a lot of Super Bowls. Uh, this Sunday, tune in, 5.30 kickoff, Rams, Bengals, um, Super Bowl 56 preview this, uh, preview for this Sunday. Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny. I... I really like the Bengals. I mean, you know, it's, um, the Rams are great. I really, you know, think that I'm really happy for Stafford. Um, you know, obviously a lot of struggles in Detroit. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. Um, 12 pretty, pretty rough years, a couple years in the playoffs. And, you know, he finally did it. He finally got there. You know, he finally got the talent around him with Odell Beckham and Cooper Cup and, and they, you know, added Von Miller on defense um, late in the year. You know, maybe he's washed. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's too old. Maybe he's not. People can say what they want. Uh, but, you know, Von Miller's in, in the Super Bowl. So, you know, again, uh, what, you know, doing it once with, with Peyton Manning. Um, and, you know, obviously you, you love the whole Aaron Donald side of it too, you know, with, um, you know, he's – not in a similar situation as, as Stafford, I would say, but, you know, he works extremely hard. Um, you know, obviously he's extremely talented and, you know, one of the strongest, I think pound for pound people, you know, not even in the NFL, I would say like uh, on planet earth, maybe. I, I mean, is that fair to say, you know, the dude is like 285 pounds. I looked it up the other day, the other day, 285 pounds, and he's playing defensive line and he's like probably the strongest person in the NFL. And he's probably about 4% body fat. Like if I had to guess, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So the, I mean, everybody's really happy for the Rams and you know, it's at the, it's at SoFi, right? So we didn't have anybody host a Super Bowl for forever, right? We had nobody host a Super Bowl until last season when Tom Brady did it with the Buccaneers, and now we get it again two years in a row. I mean, it's, it's wild. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I'm really happy for them. Um, yeah, really happy for the Rams. However, keep in mind for you, you betting folks out there, uh, they are the road team, which is strange. I don't exactly know why. I think it's maybe because uh, the Bengals were a higher seed in the playoffs. I think maybe that's how it works. I'm not too sure. Somebody's going to have to teach me those rules, but I'm pretty sure the Bengals were a four seed. LA, I think, was a five seed, and so that's why they're the road team in their own stadium. So they'll be calling their own coin toss in their own stadium. So, I mean, advantage Rams, maybe. Maybe not. I mean, we don't, you know, we'll obviously see on Sunday. Um, But all of that said, all of that said about the Rams – I mean, the other side has Joe Burrow, right? The other side has Joe Burrow. That's what everybody's been saying all season. That's what the Bengals have been saying pretty much all season. You know, I I remember Jamar Chase early, maybe in the preseason, maybe week one or two, you know, like, hey, you know, 
how you guys doing? What, what's, what's kind of the vibe? You know, how's everybody feeling? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I remember, you know, I don't want to exactly try to quote him here, but I remember, I remember him saying something along the lines of, well, as long as we got nine, we're good. Like, you know, as long as we have Joe Burrow as our quarterback, like we're good. Like, you know, so it's, you know, they have Joe Burrow. That's been the story pretty much all season. The fact that the Bengals are for real, the fact that the Bengals are a good team, and the fact that the Bengals do belong in the Super Bowl after overcoming the deficit in Kansas City last or two weeks, a week and a half or so ago, I might add. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's a toss-up. But I really do think I'm on the Bengals train. I really do think that they are the team of destiny, right? It's that, it's that saying like, oh, you know, the team of destiny is always going to win. I mean, because of their team of destiny, right? So you, you just, you never know. You never know with teams like this. The Bengals, you know, can kill the Rams. The Bengals could win in the last second. You know, the teams, that's the, that's the beauty about teams of destiny. You never know, you know, what they're going to do next. It's, it's, a really, it's a really exciting, exciting thing. It really is. Um, I love teams like this. I really do. And so we'll just, we'll see what happens. The betting folks out there, the Rams are minus four and a half. Um, you know, they're at home. Stafford's more experienced, right? Their defense, is their defense better? I mean, I guess, um, I guess with, because of Aaron Donald and because of, um, because of Jalen Ramsey and because they have Eric Weddle coming out of retirement, playing his absolute tail off. I mean, it's, you know, that's probably why. And this is Joe Burrow's first Super Bowl. This is Joe Burrow's first full healthy season. This is Jamar Chase's rookie year, as unbelievable as he's been. And, you know, I'll I'll get to him, you know, in a second. Um, So, yeah, the Rams are minus four and a half. Rightfully so, I guess. And, you know, the over-under is set at a very generic 48 and a half, a very generic Super Bowl 48 and a half for all of you, you know, gambling peeps out there. So, you know, we'll just have to, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, We'll have to wait and see. And I'm really excited. I'm really especially excited for um, Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. Just kind of, you know, not them going head to head per se, because they're obviously both wide receivers, but just, you know, just to see kind of who has the better game. And yes, do the Bengals have talented wide receivers other than other than Jamar Chase who have more experience? Sure. Does do the Rams have Odell Beckham? I mean, sure. You know, but these guys, Tyler Boyd, Odell Beckham, T. Higgins, you know, sure, excuse me, sure. They're great. You know. Odo Beckham's extremely talented, but this is his, you know, first Super Bowl, and we can talk about him in, in more detail in a second. And but, you know, Jamar Chase has been Jamar Chase all season. Cooper Cup has been Cooper Cup all season. Both have had, I mean, historic seasons, over fifteen hundred yards for both of them. I think at least Cooper Cup, I know, was pushing two thousand yards as a wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. So I'm not going to say that it's going to come down to who has the better game between the two of them. But, I mean, maybe that is the difference, you know? Who is more explosive? Who makes the big play? I think that is going to have a lot to do with, you know, 
whoever comes out on top, you know, hoisting that Lombardi trophy. Whoever has a, not a bigger game, whoever makes the big play down the stretch, you know, late in the third quarter, late in the game, last second catch, whatever it might be, a clutch play. If it's Jamar Chase, if it's Cooper Cup, that team is going gonna, is gonna to probably win the game. They're probably going to win the game. It's that simple. Um, it's, it's that simple, honestly. And Odell Beckham, I mean, coming from, you know, coming from the Giants, obviously, and the Browns, I mean, you know, people can go in so many different directions about Odell Beckham, but I, I think the one thing I will say about him is, I, I mean, the, the dude can play. The dude can absolutely ball his socks off and there's no there's absolutely nothing that people can do about how talented he is and I I think you know he finally just maybe it has something to do with his incentives I know in the playoffs you know he's earned a million dollars in incentives at least if not more based off of just the wins in the playoffs that the Rams have had so maybe it has something to do with the money maybe not but regardless regardless Odell Beckham has pretty much shut his mouth and is just playing. He's he's just playing. That's all, you know, he's doing what he's been doing since he was a kid and it's it's paying off literally. It's literally paying off. So, you know, I I I am happy for him. Um I am happy for him. Grew up, you know, a Giants fan, still a Giants fan. So, you know, those couple years that he he gave, couple good years that he gave on the Giants, um, you know, were really fun to watch, and obviously a lot of stuff has happened since then, but, you know, people can say what they want, you know, the dude is in a Super Bowl, the dude, uh, yeah, is in a Super Bowl, and has a chance at, you know, getting a ring, which not a lot of people have the chance to do, so, uh, you know, good for him, I hope, you know, he gets, you know, he has a solid game, good catches here and there, but at this point, I I think he's kind of past all of that, I really do. I think that, you know, he's just going to go out and do his thing and, and um, you know, obviously do whatever he needs to do to get this this final win, you know, and, and be able to, to get that, make that ring official and get it, um, you know, get that ring officially. So anyways, that's, you know, that's kind of the scoop on the Super Bowl. My pick is the Bengals. I do think the Bengals win outright. And hoist the trophy just because they're the team of destiny. So, you know, for those of you, not that anybody would care, but for those of you that do care what I think, um, I do think the Bengals are going to win. I do. I don't think they're going to kill them. You know, I think it's going to be competitive because Stafford plays his heart out and Aaron Donald plays his heart out and Jalen Ramsey, as mouthy as he is, plays his heart out. And, uh, but I do think Joe Burrow finds a way. I do think the Bengals are the team of destiny. And they're going to win by single digits for sure, I think. I, you know, I can't say that with absolute certain because I can't, you know, see the future. But uh, I do think they're going to win by single digits. That's my, that's my take. And I do think uh, the over is going to hit. I do think that because those offenses with Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase uh, – are very explosive and, you know, as good as Aaron Donald is, uh, you know, as, as, as good as the Bengals defense was in the second half against Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, I still think the over is going to hit. I just do. That's just my opinion. So 
anyways, that's that on, on you know, game-wise, that's that. Um, what else about the Super Bowl do, do people like? I, I know something. Uh, prop bets. Prop bets are super fun for the Super Bowl. There's a lot of different things that, that people can bet on. And um, obviously bet responsibly, right? That's the first thing that, that I will say. And, but two of my favorites, I will say, uh, the national anthem, we'll get to that in a second. We, I think we all know where I'm going with that. The first one I want to talk about, um, just briefly is the Gatorade, uh, color. Um, you know, what color will, uh, the Gatorade be that is poured on the coach, uh, the winning coach of the winning team at the end of the game? What color will that Gatorade be? Um, the obvious choices are orange if the Bengals win, right? I mean, it's probably safe to say that, you know, it's the Bengals, so it's probably most likely orange Gatorade on their sidelines. If they don't have orange Gatorade on their sidelines, that's, you know, kind of weird in my opinion. Um, So, you know, look at orange. Definitely look at blue and yellow because of the Rams. Um, You know, that cool blue flavor and and the original, uh, you know, lemon-lime sort of flavor. Um... Those are obviously your top three because they match up with the with the colors of the teams. So um, you could go orange, you know. Like I said, you could go blue. You could go yellow. Again, it depends on who you think is going to win. And then you could go wild card, you know, and and bet and bet red or purple, right? Um, you could bet red or purple. So, anyways, that's something to look at. Always, you know, definitely. Uh, an interesting, an interesting kind of out there prop bet that I've, I've always enjoyed. Um, and then the next one that, you know, a lot of people love is the over under on the national anthem, uh, which is, you know, one of the most popular prop bets that happens every Super Bowl. Um, this year, country singer Mickey uh, Guyton is going to be singing it. Um, so I personally have never listened to one of her songs in my entire life. Um, but I do know that the over-under is set at a minute and 35 seconds. So think of that what you would like. Let me lay out a couple different um, stats for you to help you know, with kind of your decision-making on this one. And these are honestly really interesting to me. I've always been, been intrigued by you know, what drives stuff like this, what drives lines like this, and, and you know, why people think um, you know, to bet one way or the other. So um, here it is. The average time, the average national anthem length from 1991 until 2020 for Super Bowls uh, is a minute and 56 seconds. So about 21 seconds higher than, than the line that they have set um, for Mickey. So, you know, think of that what you want. Um, last year's, if you don't remember who sang it last year, Eric Church, another country singer, uh, that, that came in at two minutes and 17, uh, seconds, um, two minutes and 17 seconds, which is, that's, I mean, that's long. That's really long, really long. And, you know, that's the lo- third longest rendition of the anthem at the Super Bowl in the past 15 years was Eric Church at two minutes and 17 seconds. So, and also, like I said earlier, um, Mickey is another country singer, right? You can expect country. You can expect, um, you know, people with, with slower uh, melodies, if you will, um, or medleys, whatever you want to call it. I'm not too sure. Um, you know, it's, it, you can expect those to be longer national anthems. I mean, it, that's just, you know, 
that's just a, a fact. Um, so, and here, here I'll also give you guys the longest and the shortest, right, since 1991 to help you. So, uh, you know, again, Mickey's line is set at a minute and 35 seconds, okay, since uh, 1991 Super Bowl. The shortest uh, has been a minute and 27 seconds by Jewel in 1998. So, you know, think of that what you will, but that is only eight seconds. That is only eight seconds uh, shorter than what Mickey's line is set at. So, you know, they're, they're not expecting Mickey to have uh, a long go at it at all. Uh, and then the longest uh, since 1998, um, or I'm sorry, since 1991 Super Bowl, uh, is Alicia Keys, 2013, two minutes and 35 seconds, which is just, I mean, that's asinine. That's, that's so long. Um, so that's kind of the, the window that you guys are working with, um, you know, the past uh, 30 years or so, uh, 31 years. Um, so, you know, again, um, again, bet responsibly and, and, you know, think what you guys, what you guys want based off of the, the data that I've that I've been giving, but it sounds like they are expecting Mickey to have, uh, uh, to be in and out of the anthem, um, rather, uh, rather quickly. So, um, you know, that's just a little tidbit on, uh, the prop bets for the game that, that at least I enjoy. Um, and let's see what else, uh, in the sports world is kind of going on right now. So the pro bowl, um, the pro bowl was this past weekend, uh, I did not, um, I did not watch it, you know, the past, at least the past five years or so. I haven't watched it. I did watch it this past weekend, like I said, for the first time in a long time. Um, I mean, my God, it's, at this point, it's an absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. I mean, you know, people, it's basically two-hand touch nowadays, even though they have you know, full pads on, right? Like they're ready to, they're ready to play like full contact football if they want to, you know, but the linemen like aren't even blocking. They're pretty much just standing there nudging each other and nobody, nobody gets tackled ever. Nobody even gets nudged at all. It's like, it's basically, like I said, it's basically two hand touch. And it's, it's to a point now where the referees, it seemed like the referees didn't even know you know, when to blow the whistle to end the play, you know, cause it's like, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable how much of a joke it is nowadays. I can't believe, I can't believe that they still, I mean, I can't believe that they still even do it, you know, to be quite honest with you guys. I, it's just two hand touch. That's, that's what we're working with right now. I mean, it's, it's a joke, you know, and there's not really, I don't think there's any, you know, can, uh, there's any consequences for losing or, or rewards for winning, you know, like in baseball, the league that wins the all-star game, you know, gets home field advantage, um, for the world series. Like that's, you know, since it's an all-star game and, and all of those all-stars, you know, expect to be in contention in the MLB. I mean, that's more than enough for them to play hard, right. And for them to actually try to get home field advantage for the world series. I mean, so like you don't have to make it that extreme and that's not even that extreme for the MLB, but you don't have to, you know, make it super, you know, insane consequences for the NFL. But 
you know, do something, right? Do something. Do something. Or, or scratch the Pro Bowl going forward, right? And just have the two worst teams in the NFL play each other in the gap week, right? In between the NFC, AFC Championship and the Super Bowl, right? Make it the same day. Two worst teams in the NFL play each other. Winner gets the number one overall picked overall pick in the draft in April. Boom. I mean, problem solved, in my opinion. Problem solved. Ratings go up. Advertising dollars go up in turn for that, you know, day. I know it's, you know, Sunday afternoon and, you know, there's no big sports on. So, you know, whoop de doo But still, it's, it, I'm not going to say that anything is better than what they have right now. But, I mean, that's not a bad idea, in my opinion. It's not. It's not. The Pro Bowl is an absolute joke. I keep saying it and I keep saying it because it's true. It's an absolute joke. So that's, you know, that's <laughs> was definitely more of a rant, but those are my, those were just, you know, my thoughts about it. Um, those are my thoughts on, on the Pro Bowl. Again, haven't watched it in at least five years. I wanted to tune in, you know, to see what it's like nowadays, to see if anything has changed. I mean, you know, it's the same song and dance. Nothing's really changed. So, in other news, in, you know, the sports world, um, we do have the Olympics going on right now, the Winter Olympics going on right now in Beijing. So, you know, we're talking ice hockey, we're talking speed skating, ski jumping, um, luging, bobsledding, all of those, you know, snowboarding, wintry kind of sports. Sean White is competing in snowboarding uh, in the Olympics. So that's, you know, that's really exciting. Um, really, really exciting for, for Sean White. It may be his last Olympics, if I had to guess, because he is 35. So, you know, that would mean that, I mean, simple math, he's going to be 39 in the next Olympics. Is he still going to be snowboarding at, at, at almost 40? I, I mean, maybe, maybe, you know. I don't want to put anything past him because it's it's Sean White and he's probably the best snowboarder uh, to ever walk the planet and one of the best you know Olympians uh, for the United States, uh, if not you know, it, you know on the entire globe uh, to ever walk the planet. Uh, so you know, we'll see, we'll see. But I encourage you guys to to tune in, especially to the snowboarding, because I do think maybe since he's thirty five, this may be Sean White's last Olympics. Um, I, that's just you know my two cents and what I encourage you guys to do because I have watched him uh, snowboard in the past and the stuff that he does on the half pipe is pretty insane. It's, it's pretty insane. It's, you know, nothing that, that I could ever dream of doing. Um, so, you know, I encourage you guys to, to tune in and hopefully the United States, you know, obviously comes away with, um, with some gold medals in, in that. I know we saw tons of success uh, in the summer Olympics in Tokyo this past summer. So, you know, hopefully we can kind of keep that, keep that rolling, um, you know, with the winter. Um, and so for all of you COVID confused, you know, Olympic people, uh, out there, I know I was for a little while, you know, um, you know, why is the summer and winter Olympics, you know, back to back years, uh, it is cause of COVID and it is because they don't, you know, want to mess up the timeline of the Olympics in general. So we had summer last year, and now we're having winter this year as scheduled. This was supposed to be the Winter Olympics 2022. 
uh, regardless, you know, pandemic or not. And then we're just going to roll right into it. So two years from now, we'll get the Summer Olympics again. Um, so it'll be, you know, just a three-year gap instead of four years because they want to keep, you know, the Olympics on schedule going forward. And then going forward, you know, 2026, we'll have winter again and so on. Um, I, I don't think it's really that big of a difference for the athletes. It's an interesting conversation, you know, how much does three years instead of four years really mean, you know, because they're such unbelievable athletes, right? You think, you think, you know, because they're so unbelievable and so talented and work so hard at their craft, does it really set them back at all? The Summer Olympics doing three years instead of four years from now? I, I mean, it's doubtful, maybe, you know, maybe. But that's, you know, maybe it depends on the sport and the athlete, you know, that's kind of the final answer that, that I would say about that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what, that's kind of what we're working with for the Olympics. So, and then also the last sports thing I want to talk about, um, and then we'll get to entertainment is, uh, waste management. Um, the waste management golf tournament is, uh, this coming weekend, uh, in Phoenix, um, for those of you that do not follow golf, uh, it is a very exciting tournament every year. Golf is known to be, you know, a very uh, etiquette-driven sport. People are really polite. Um, people are always quiet and courteous on the golf course as fans. Uh, but this tournament is a little bit different. There's one hole, the 17th par three hole, at the course at the waste management tournament this weekend. Tune in because that is the only hole on the PGA Tour where they encourage people to be rowdy and they encourage people to yell and scream and heckle golfers. And it's just, it's one of the most fun things to watch, um, you know, in sports, in my opinion. It's, it's so much fun because it's the only time that they encourage it in, in golf. It's the only time that they encourage people to behave this way. And people just absolutely take advantage of it. And it's, it's hysterical. It's so funny. So I definitely hope that if you don't like golf, uh, I encourage you to tune in for the first time, uh, watching waste management and, you know, seeing if, if a hole like this changes your mind, you know, um, and then kind of going from there. So, you know, that's kind of all of the, the big sports, you know, news that's kind of going on, um, you know, this week that I, I would like to talk about. So, uh, so next, um, we can move to, to entertainment, um, entertainment. So this really just revolves around movies and music and TV shows, you know, stuff like that. That's mostly what this segment is going to be about. Um, so I do want to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, cause that's obviously, you know, music driven. <laughs> for, you know, all of you uh, Super Bowl halftime wizards out there. Uh, it is a musical a musical performance, um, man. Uh, so we have Dr. Dre. We have Snoop Dogg. We have Eminem. We have Kendrick Lamar. And we have Mary J. Blige. It's, it's I mean, arguably the most legendary lineup um, that the Super Bowl halftime show has seen in at least quite some time. You know, I know I saw Prince uh, live. I went to, to, to the Super Bowl in 2007 
um, with my dad and Prince was the halftime show. Uh, it was an unbelievable halftime show. So that's by far obviously my favorite one because it was in person. Uh, but the people that were watching it on TV, I mean, it was Prince. So, you know, I'm sure it was, it was pretty unbelievable uh, on TV. And Justin Timberlake is another really good halftime show a few years ago. I believe 2018, 2017 um, was the year. Actually, it was 2018. February of 2018 was Justin Timberlake's halftime show. Um, that one was really, really good. Right after Man of the Woods, his, his new album uh, came out. And so I think, you know, those are the two best halftime shows that I've seen in the Super Bowl, in my opinion. But this one, you know, since it's hip hop driven, being my favorite, favorite genre, it does have the chance, in my opinion, to, you know, surpass, it's not going to surpass Prince. I'm going to put that on another stratosphere because I was in, I was there for Prince. I mean, you know, God rest his soul. It, It was, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. So that's in its own stratosphere. But this year's, you know, hip hop themed, West Coast themed for the most part, and we can get to that in a second, West Coast themed for the most part, halftime show does have a chance to surpass Justin Timberlake as, you know, the best halftime show seen on television, in my opinion, in my entire life. It has a chance to do that. And I think if as long as they lean on, you know, doing a lot of their old stuff, you know, I know Dr. Dre did most of Eminem's, uh, produced most of Eminem's music, uh, especially way back in the day, you know, the Marshall Mathers LP, things like that. Um, you know, if they do stuff from 2001, uh, you know, Dr. Dre's album, um, you know, they have a, they have a really big opportunity to make it, uh, you know, to make it a, an amazing halftime show. Uh, an amazing halftime show. So, you know, and, and it's obviously driven by Dr. Dre, you know, being from Compton, right? A, a suburb of, of Los Angeles. Um, you know, he discovered Snoop Dogg. He discovered Eminem. Produced, he discovered Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar also being from Compton. And he he produced most of their music, you know? He produced a lot of their music, which is pretty awesome. So that's kind of where the um, the connection is there. Snoop Dogg is, is also from, uh, you know, that, that Los Angeles, uh, California area. I don't necessarily know exactly where, but, um, so that's kind of where they're drawing that connection. And then Eminem, um, is not from there. He's from Detroit, Michigan, but, you know, Dr. Dre did discover him. So that's, you know, and Eminem's uh, a legend. So that's, you know, kind of why he was included in my opinion. Um, and then Mary J, Mary J is, is, from New York, but, um, you know, she is a legend from that era. So, you know, that's definitely, I mean, that's an obvious reason why she was included in the mix. Um, you know, she has a a lot to offer from that era and, and, you know, arguably nobody else, you know, between, um, you know, the years of probably 1999 and, uh, you know, 2003 ish, um, you know, nobody else could, could really touch her in my opinion. So, you know, that's kind of where they're, they're drawing, um, they're drawing that from. So, um, yeah, so it should be a really great, it should be an awesome halftime show. It should be awesome. Um, again, like I said, whether they do it as a group or one by one, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they have a really big opportunity since it's in LA, um, you know, to make it, make it really, really special for the city and, and just make it really, really awesome. Um, 
you know, from start to finish. So everybody, I know everybody's really, you know, looking forward to that. Um, so let's see a couple other quick things, uh, with regards to the entertainment side of things. Um, I have been, been watching Ozark, uh, I did finish Ozark. I, actually, let me correct myself. I haven't been watching Ozark. I actually just finished part one of, of season four um, the other night. And uh, for those of you that do watch Ozark, I hope you you know enjoy this this part of of the segment. Um, and you know, if you don't, then um, you know, sorry, but just bear with me. I'm just gonna talk about it because it is a, a good show and it is something that's going on right now. Um, it was it was no spoilers if you you know if you don't want to get spoiled then um i would encourage you to uh you know stop listening and and move to um you know once i start talking about either euphoria or the the kanye west documentary uh coming out next week um but ozark you know no spoilers spoiler alert um darlene is an absolute lunatic um she's a complete lunatic complete lunatic and the stuff that happened in the end, you know, with, um, you know, what happened with Darlene in the end, uh, I, I can't believe that the cartel, you know, the cartel means what they say. I mean, and that goes, you know, for real life, that goes for, you know, every, every show that you ever watch, every movie that you ever watch where they pr- portray some sort of drug cartel. I mean, that they, they don't, they don't mess around. They don't mess around at all. You know, they mean what they say. They, uh, they always do what they're going to say. You know, they're, they're, people of their word, whether it's good or bad things that they're doing. Uh, it's usually, you know, obviously, uh, usually obviously pretty bad things that they're doing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It, it kind of, the first few episodes kind of start out a little bit slow, but the people that, you know, kind of got stuck and you're not sure if you should keep going, uh, I highly encourage you to keep going because it's, uh, it's one of the crazier endings to, you know, a season or in this case, a part one of a season that, I've ever seen that I've ever seen in the history of television. I mean, it's, it's, it was unbelievable. The ending unbelievable. Um, so it does get better. Each episode gets a little bit better as you go. So I encourage the people that are kind of pushing through it to keep going. And then the end, uh, just, I mean, it, it explodes, it explodes at the end. So I, I definitely encourage everybody to, you know, to finish watching it if you're kind of on the fence because it's, it's crazy. It's insane. Um, and what else? Another show that's going on right now that I am watching is, is euphoria, uh, which is, which is one of the craziest shows that I've probably ever seen. Um, it's a, it's a relatively simple concept in a weird way, but it takes, it takes crazy turns and, you know, this season, season two has been, um, has been pretty wild, especially, uh, the most recent episode, you know, Sunday, February 6th, this past Sunday. I mean, poor Rue, you know, that that's all I'm going to say is poor Rue. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, Zendaya is an, is an out of this world actress. She's out of this world, out of this world. I have never seen I have never seen acting like this, I mean, in a long, long time. Maybe since Eddie Falco, you know, in The Sopranos. I mean, maybe since, um, I can't even think of anybody that's 
you know, performing like this. I, I really can't, you know, I really can't. I'm stumped right now. Anne Hathaway is unbelievable. Um, but she, you know, really hasn't been anything in a long time. I'm telling you guys, this is the best young acting or actually it's even the best acting that I've seen in, in a long time, a long, long time by Zendaya. And, you know, everybody obviously knows her from Spider-Man, right? You know, portraying, uh, um, you know, her Spider-Man character in, in the past, this past trilogy, which, you know, was an unbelievable trilogy, I might add. So everybody kind of knows her from that. You know, she was also in The Greatest Showman, right? She's still really young, so she hasn't been in a ton of stuff, you know. So if you're looking for something that Zendaya is like, you know, is the star of and is really awesome in and, um, you know, if you're just looking for a, a really a really good show and a great performance, I encourage you, um, you know, to watch Euphoria. Um, the last thing I'll say is proceed with caution because there it, it is a really intense show and Zendaya really is that unbelievable of an actress. Uh, you know, the show can get really dark and really intense because, you know, since she's portraying, a, a, you know, quote unquote, recovering drug addict, you know, somebody that's struggling with recovery. Um, she's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So anyways, this past episode, that's all I'll say is poor Rue. Poor Rue. I mean, so it's just, and we can get into more details of the episodes as, as I keep going with, with, uh, with this show, you know, week in and week out. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, kind of stay on the surface this week, uh, you know, with, with that. Um, and then the last thing uh, for entertainment um, that we can talk about is the Kanye West. Kanye West, that's right. Documentary, that's right. Coming out on Netflix. Uh, again, you heard that. You heard all of that correct. Kanye West, three-part trilogy-ish, if you will, documentary coming out on Netflix. The first episode February 16th and then uh every week for 3 weeks um so February 16th 23rd and then the and then there's no 30th of February I almost said <laughs> I almost said February 30th um you know a week after that whatever that that would be March 1st or 2nd um I'm not going to do the the mental uh math right now but uh not a lot to to say about it there's only one trailer out for it, but I am extremely excited. I think, uh, you know, Kanye West, um, you know, is a genius. I, I do think, I do think he's a genius. So, you know, I will, I will say that. Um, and it's, it's really exciting. It looks like a really in-depth documentary, um, about his, you know, entire career and maybe even before that, maybe even part of his childhood, and how he grew up and all of that. So it's it's going to be a really exciting a really exciting thing. Um a really you know, I picture TVMA, you know, I picture a really raw documentary with a lot of, you know, behind the scenes um explicit great footage, you know, of him what it was like making beats, you know, what it was like working with, you know, Jay-Z back in the day and and how he discovered Kid Cudi you know, different things like that. I just, I, and, and what it was like touring with him. Um, I just, I picture so many great things coming out of that documentary. So again, Netflix first episode, February 16th. Um, and yeah, really something to, to look forward to.
um, 100%. Uh, hip-hop fan or not, you know, hip-hop fan or not, it's something, you know, that, that people, I think, should tune in for because um, he's, he's a legend at this point. And so, yeah, so entertainment wise, that's, that's it. And the last segment we have is, is business. Um, you know, the main thing that I want to talk about business wise, it, it may be obvious, it may be not this week, uh, is the, you know, the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday, um, Super Bowl ads, Super Bowl commercials, right? I mean, everybody loves those who doesn't love Super Bowl commercials, who doesn't tune in for Super Bowl commercials, you know? I've never been a fan of commercials in general. You know, everybody, you know, it, it, sometimes you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, why, why is there always a commercial on when I, you know, want to put on this, this show or whatever? You know, it's like, but people tune in. People tune in for Super Bowl commercials because over time, you know, it became a, it became a chance for people to, you know, put out a really powerful commercial, you know, something really serious or something really funny, you know, and go kind of the comedic route, comedic route with it, right? You know, it's it's usually those two things. It's usually those two avenues that people go down. Um and the effectiveness of Super Bowl ads is something that that I do want to touch on. It's the main thing that I want to talk about. You know, do they actually work? Do they not kind of thing? Because you're spending a lot of money, right? You're spending tons of money for 30 seconds you know, during a football game, right? That's, that's the simplest way that, that I can put it. Um, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. You know, the price for a 30-second commercial this year is $6.5 million for 30 seconds. I mean, that's, I, I, it's, it's asinine. It's completely insane how much money people are paying for 30 seconds, right? And I, it sounds crazy, but you're paying for a commercial, right? You're paying for 30 seconds on air during a football game. Like that's, it's, it's just, it's so crazy to me that, that, that people will go, you know, will go to that length to, to just, in my opinion, make a point, you know, and try to give, try to give their company exposure. And obviously, you know, the viewership of the Super Bowl is, is probably, you know, the most viewed thing, you know, on planet earth. Um, so, you know, that's obviously why people do it. And that's obviously why it costs so much money. Um, it is $1 million more expensive than last season. Um, you know, which is pretty crazy. I might add because, you know, the seasons prior to that, um, you know, were within a couple hundred thousand dollars of each other, 2019, 5.3, 2020, 5.6, 2021, it went down 5.5 million, right? Um, and now this year, $6.5 million for 30 seconds, a full $1 million increase. I, I can't, I can't believe, I can't believe that that's, that's so crazy to me. That's so crazy, you know? And I think it's, you know, the, going back to my main point, do they work? Do they not, you know, teach their own, right? I don't know if that's the right saying, uh, I honestly don't, <laughs> um, but you know, think what you want. Every company is different. People think that this ad, you know, is the biggest thing ever, and like everything should that they're everything that they're you know 
company does or every everything marketing wise that their company does you know should revolve around their yearly Super Bowl ad and then the rest of their marketing campaign for the rest of the year um, kind of feeds off of that right so there's some companies that go that route and then there's other companies that you know don't even advertise during the Super Bowl so you could really go either way um, you could really go either way and you know part of me does think even if they don't work or not, part of me does think that it's it's really ego based. You know, some of the bigger companies, um, I really do think that sometimes it's just all about who can put out the funniest ad, right? Or who can put out the biggest ad with the with the biggest celebrities and you know the the most props. You know, all of this different stuff. Um, you know, just just to to prove a point or just to you know do some sort of um, publicity stunt or just to you know, get bragging rights over a competitor, right? AT&T versus Verizon, Budweiser versus Bud Light, you know, things like that. Coke versus Pepsi, whatever it may be. You get my point. I don't know what drives, you know, each company. I'm obviously not in those rooms. Um, but I do, I do definitely think that, you know, ego has something to do with it, um, you know, in those rooms and that it definitely is... Um, you know, about who can make the biggest and baddest ad, who can make the funniest ad, you know, just for, and then maybe, you know, if, whether it works or not, you know, maybe these people don't care. Maybe they just want the bragging rights, you know, um, which is crazy to me. That goes back to, to my point of paying, of paying six and a half million dollars for 30 seconds just for bragging rights. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's so asinine to me that you can go so many different directions um, with the Super Bowl ads, but I, I will, you know, say that I, I do look forward to them every year, and I do, I do enjoy them. Some of them are are actually, you know, really funny. I know Mountain Dew and Doritos, um, you know, always has funny ones, you know. Um, so we'll we'll see what people in Budweiser is always, you know, going the serious route, right? So we'll see kind of what what happens, and we'll see, you know, tune in next week, and and I, you know, we can talk about, you know, who the biggest and baddest ad was, and and um, you know, who had, you know, the funniest ad and who, who has, you know, the leg up, uh, I think, you know, with, with regards to marketing, you know, going forward, um, and who's going to be kind of that, you know, most recognizable brand, you know, of 2022, right. That's, you know, that, that's really the biggest, um, the biggest thing that these companies I, I think are, are after, are after, you know, one of them. So, um, so yeah, so that is a lot. Um, that is a lot of information for everybody to unpack. Um, but that is that is it. That's that's you know the segments um, you know for this week, um, and it's going to be the same segments every week: sports, entertainment, and business. As I said at the beginning. Um, so yeah, that that's I think that's a, a great first show, and and the last segment that that I do want to do. Um, you know, and I will do this every week. It's just a little something called my final thoughts. Um, and this could be about anything, you know, it's, it's, you guys can take it as literally as you want because it is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, you know, these are my final thoughts, you know, for, for the week or for this show. So my final thoughts, elephant in the room, right? Um, Tom Brady did retire. Tom Brady um, officially hung him up recently. Um, you know, last week his thunder kind of got stolen the day before championship Sunday. 
you know, whatever, you know, whatever, right? Whatever. Schefter and, and, you know, Darlington, I mean, I, they were right, you know, he did actually retire, but Thunder still got stolen, you know, wasn't a big fan of that. Um, but now that it's official, you know, that, that elephant in the room again, that obvious question is going around, you know, is he the greatest athlete to ever walk the planet, right? I mean, that's the question that everybody's going to be asking for the years to come. And, you know, I will say my personal opinion, I think he is. I don't think there's any question about it that he's the best athlete to ever walk the planet. But I think everybody's different. You know, I think um, it's going to be all about personal preference. And I think that people are really going to say different athletes for different reasons and rightfully so. You know, because it's really all about Brady, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and Michael Phelps. I, I really think those are the four that it really comes down to. And people forget, you know, I, I it's it's kind of sad, but people forget about Michael Phelps sometimes, I think because he was an Olympian, you know, and we only saw him compete once every four years instead of every year, just like these other athletes. Um, so I, I don't think that that is necessarily fair to Michael Phelps. So, you know, it's tough. It's tough. But I do think um, that everybody's going to say different answers for different reasons. I would encourage people to not overlook Michael Phelps. You know, again, I know I'm not saying that Michael Phelps is the answer in my opinion. I know my opinion is different, you know, and that is Tom Brady. And I'll get to those reasons in a second. Um, But, you know, don't overlook Phelps. I mean, the dude is a legend. Human fish is a, a sick nickname. I mean, we can all agree that that's an awesome nickname, the human fish. And I just think that he's overlooked, you know, because we only saw him compete once every four years. Um, so those, those are the four athletes that it comes down to. But I do think, going back to Brady, my final thoughts, he is the best athlete to ever walk the planet. Seven Super Bowls, played in 10, won seven. I know, I know Michael Jordan was six for six. I know Michael Jordan three-peated twice, but Brady three-peated as well, you know. So, and Brady p- played longer in a full contact sport. I know he's quarterback, you know. I know he's not a dual threat quarterback by any means, uh, but still, full contact sport, for him to play for that long and to win that many Super Bowls and for him to win a Super Bowl last season, right? And for him to win a Super Bowl 20 years prior to that, I, I, it's, 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 you know, it's, I can't, that's, I can't really, uh, I don't know if you can argue with that. I, I don't know. I don't know if you can argue with that. Plus he's got seven, Jordan's got six. Again, I know Jordan three-peated twice and he was six for six. He never lost to finals, but I do think, I do think by, by the nose, you know, by a nose, whatever the horse race saying is. Um, I do think it's Tom Brady. I do think Tom Brady is the official goat of goats. He is the best athlete to ever walk the planet. So that is what I will leave you guys with. Um, Tune in every week. I plan on having these, you know, release on Apple Podcasts and Spotify every week. Uh, Again, it's called Are You Busy? And, you know, if you think you're too busy, uh, then join the party. 
And at my party, again, we like to talk about sports, entertainment, and business. So everybody have a great week, and uh, I'll talk to you guys uh, next week.